Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us today, Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. Last week, we talked about the most impactful Duke football players. I want to change our conversation to Duke men's basketball with my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to them as soon as they're available. Also want to let you know to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. Like this video, share it with your friends. Our subscribers are going up. We're on our way to 500 subscribers. That's our next big goal. And that'll be a big celebration moment when we can get to that number. If you haven't done so already as well, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. As we move forward in today's show and get started, let's welcome in my very good pal, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, we did football last week. What do you say we move it over to the men's basketball side of things? Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I enjoyed enjoyed last week's conversation for sure. Um, But, yeah, let's talk some basketball. You know, the summer leagues kicking off, NBA, watching some of our former players. And I got a little bit of basketball fever. You know, we're in that dead zone between, you know, sports. For me, I I like baseball, but I don't watch it a lot. So we're in between. And summer league, NBA summer league is the best thing on TV right now. Next week, we're going to have a lot of NBA Summer League thoughts, I'm sure, because we have so many Duke players that are playing in Summer League trying to get their uh, professional careers started with new teams. And so I'm really looking forward to that. As, as we get set for our conversation here today, Josh, and you think about, okay, the most impactful Duke football players versus men's basketball players, there's differences in the sport, of course. You've got way more people on a football team, way more people on the field each play compared to basketball, was it a little bit easier, you think, to think about this for Duke men's basketball versus football? Like, Talk to me about uh, when you first started to think about the transition from football to men's basketball for this topic. Yeah, I believe basketball is a little easier (laughs) to narrow down your your list. Um, I mean, simply because, like you said, there are fewer players to choose from, number one. Number two, on football, you know, you don't really have many freshmen that come in and make an impact. Um, with basketball, it's like if the freshmen don't make an impact, like you're screwed. So, like, you know, I think it's a little easier there. Um, and and then with this Duke basketball roster that's gonna that's you know flipped all the way over and just returning, you know, two scholarship players from last year's team, it's definitely uh definitely gonna be interesting. And there are a lot of options on this Duke basketball team for who will be the most impactful for sure. No kidding. So we'll get right to it like we did last week. We'll go five to one, but one being the most impactful, five being, I guess, the least impactful of the bunch, but still uh, going to lay a big imprint on the team. We know officially what this roster looks like. We've seen tons of great social media content. I mean, again, we could sit here and praise for hours and hours and hours how amazing Dave Bradley and that creative staff are for Duke men's basketball. The Devil's Den had an awesome interview with him. A few weeks ago, you should go check out that podcast to listen to that conversation. But over the weekend, we got to see, I'm bringing that up to mention over the weekend, we got to see the team hanging out together at Coach Shire's house. 
a 4th of July festivity. And Duke fans are so over the top, and I'm definitely a part of the bunch, Josh, that we get excited just watching them hang out with one another. And here we are like months, months away from the season being in playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get this is the first look at, you know, uh, many of these guys, and we've seen some clips from practice or whatnot, but it's one of our first looks at them interacting uh, with one another. And, you know, that that's part of it as well. I mean, we all know that. I mean, you can put talent on the court, but that talent needs to get along. That talent needs to be – needs to form their own family, um, and they need to become tight with each other, um, both on the court and off the court. And so, yeah, it was really cool. And then I agree with you. Um, that Devil's Den podcast with Dave Bradley was was really top-notch. If you are interested at all in kind of the journey of the Duke digital media team um, from Duke Blue Planet back in the day to what it is now, that was a really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Make sure you go check that out and support the Devil's Den podcast, what they got going on. I've got all three of those guys have been on the program here uh, at this point. And, and so the Locked On Blue Devils Network continues to grow, which is great. And and Josh Cox, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but in a recent Mailbag Monday, Josh, I was asked to make a starting five of guests oh, yeah. that I've had in the first year plus of, uh, of my Locked On Blue Devils colleagues. And you were easily the first selection to put out there on the team. Man, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I missed that. I need to go back and listen to that yeah. episode. And then uh, I need to clip that audio. And then share it. <laughs> Very humbly. Yeah, Very humbly big, share big, it. big honor for sure. All right, so so let's get into it. Our five most impactful Duke men's basketball players for this upcoming season. At number five, Josh, you have the floor. Yeah, my number five most impactful Duke basketball player heading in to this coming up season is Jacob Grandison. Um, he is transferred in, obviously, from the University of Illinois, um, and he is a wing, 6'6", got some uh, good muscle on him, uh, can shoot the ball. We've spoken about him in the past, JJ. I believe you maybe even I, – I, I do remember this. You dedicated an entire episode to breaking down Jacob Grandison in his game. Uh, he shoots the ball from the corners – uh, at oh, an extremely wow. high rate. Um, and so on the offensive end, we definitely could use some shooting. Um, and so I, I believe he was a big get. But I, I hope, I hope that he, alongside of Derek Whitehead, can bring a grit and a tenacity on the defensive end um, for Duke. And so we're going to need that. You know, we, we mentioned already earlier about the number of freshmen that come in every year that have to make an impact. And these are 18, 19 year old kids. Well, Jacob Grandison's a 22 year old grown man. And I believe that, that, that is going to be very impactful for this team, having a vet in the locker room, having a guy that's traveled and been around multiple levels of, of college basketball. And so my number five, uh, most impactful Duke basketball player coming into this season is Jacob Grandison. I love it. Of course, we've talked a lot. You're, you're right. I did do a full profile of Grandison. 67% on corner three-pointers this past season at Illinois is just so incredibly good. Like, yes, please. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to come back to opportunity for Grandison. Not necessarily that he won't be on the floor, because I do think he's going to get a lot of run and will play a lot of minutes for Duke. But as any basketball team and as any Duke basketball team in particular, there's only one ball. There's only one guy that can be taking the shots and that sort of thing. So I'm curious what the volume looks like 
for Jacob Grandison at that spot. For my number five, I'm going to go Mark Mitchell. I'm going to go the freshman coming in from Sunrise Christian, uh, one of the um, least heralded recruits in this class uh, because uh, him and Jaden Shute, you know, Christian Reeves as well, kind of in that mix. You've got your top three in Whitehead, Lively, and Filipowski. But I love Mark Mitchell's game, a lefty, big fan of lefty scores, long, versatile. I do think he's going to be able to bring it on the defensive end of the floor. So uh, what do you think of Mark Mitchell? Yeah, I, I love it. And you're right. He's kind of flying under the radar as if, I mean, in any other school, they are yeah. celebrating Mark Mitchell okay. and he's like the face of the recruiting class. Only at Duke could you be Mark Mitchell and fly under the radar. <laughs> um, but I believe in Mark Mitchell, you have a very flexible uh, player. I believe yeah. he can do a lot of things. I believe he can defend several positions. Um, he loves taking the ball to the hole and, you know, in this age, I understand we're in this age of of shooting the basketball a lot, um, but man, it's it's also good to have that guy that can get to the rim, and and I, that's what I think we're going to get with Martin Mitchell. Also, uh, the most controversial thing of the Duke offseason is the fact that he's wearing number twenty five. Right, you know, people arguing on Twitter about the fact that he's wearing a retired Art Heyman uh, number, and so man, just. You know, adding fuel to the fire there, but Mark Mitchell's coming in with a bang. <laughs> I want to get to that. Thank you for bringing that up. Let's get to that in just a moment. Let's take our first break of today's show, and then we've still got a ways to go. Our five most impactful players for Duke men's basketball going into the 2022 and 2023 season. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you want to sit there and endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating question like, is your Odyssey model an LX or an EX? While then you have to wait behind the counter for the person to look on their computer for only the parts that that warehouse or that local chain auto parts store is carrying. Don't waste that time. Go to rockauto.com. You make all the choices at rockauto.com at your home or in your pocket. You could save time and money. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome you back in here to Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson, alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 podcast. Mark Mitchell, number five, the most impactful player for me. Joshua Jacob Grandison, you mentioned it. It'll be number 25 on the jersey of Mark Mitchell. Art Heyman wore that number for the Blue Devils. It's been retired. It's in the rafters. Mark Mitchell has gotten permission to wear number 25. We saw this a few seasons ago with Marvin Bagley III getting to take number 35 down. The jersey retired by Danny Ferry, of course. And so Bagley played his one season for the Blue Devils wearing 35. What do you think of this? I mean, I may have an unpopular opinion here, evidently, because I shared it um, on Twitter, I think, with Mike Bulger, and then we – some some people chipped in on the conversation there. Um, I'm I'm for just honoring the players. Uh, if college basketball is going to have that dumb rule where they do not allow you to have 
numbers ending in six through nine, um, you know, like, like the NBA does, then at some point in time, you're going to run out of number options. And, you know, you got, you know, however many guys jerseys retired, I don't know, 10 or so, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. Jersey numbers retired. You've got sometimes 14, 15 current players with numbers. It's kind of like, man, we're using up all of our number options. And like, so I think either college basketball needs to open it up and let you wear number seven if you want to, yeah. or number nine if you want to, or Duke just needs to send an email to all the guys or, or the families of the, of the guys whose jerseys have been retired, quote unquote, in the past and say, listen, we're leaving your jersey in the rafters. We're honoring your name. That's really what it is. We're honoring your name and your career and your legacy for the rest of Duke University's existence. But we're going to let random kid who wants to wear number 22 wear number 22 or wear 11 or 4 yeah. or 32, whatever it is. In my opinion, you know, it's, it is just – on one hand, it's just a number, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I guess you could also make that argument, too, to the incoming kids. Hey, it's just a number. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but that's my philosophy on it. I believe either one of two things, either Duke needs to just kind of relax it and just honor those those guys or the NCAA or ACC, whoever makes those calls. I think it's NCAA makes those calls. Open up the numbers where we can use all of them. Yeah, it is an NCAA rule. That's a lot of this conversation because there's the North Carolina Tar Heels angle that a lot of people want to bring up where, mm -hmm. Josh, I mean, you and I have our jerseys yeah. up in the Dean Smith Center, <laughs> it feels like, with how many jerseys are up hanging in those rafters. But the NCAA does not allow any jersey numbers 6 through 10, 16 through 20, you know, 6 or six through 9, 16 yeah. through 19, uh, so on and so forth. And so that kind of limits your options. Once you get above 55, there's no more jerseys that can yeah. be worn. Uh, and so you're Sorry, right. Luca. Sorry, exactly. Luca. You're not Luca's well. not wearing 77. You're exactly right. right. <laughs> no 99s running out there uh, yeah. on a basketball floor for an NCAA game. So anyway, Mark Mitchell, we got sidetracked there, but th that was a fun <laughs> conversation. Let us know in the comments below. Are you okay? with changing the way Duke retires jerseys, honors jerseys. Like, that's a good conversation that we can have yeah. someday. All and right, to, be clear, to be clear, I am not for doing what UNC does. I'm yeah. not for saying, hey, you scored 25 points one time in a game. Let's throw your jersey up there. Like, I'm not for that. Yeah. I think we should keep our standards pretty high. But I do think there are some guys, i.e. Grayson Allen, Kyle Singler, Nolan Smith, John Shire possibly, that I believe are warranted – some sort of honor. So anyway, that we could probably do an entire podcast yeah. and discuss guys we think could or should. Right. Um, but right now, I think the standards are pretty high. There, I think there are some specific standards Duke has put in place that you must reach. So anyway, I digress. Maybe we'll talk about it at a later date. Yeah, we're creating off-season content at this point, which I'm That's so right. for. I mean, here it's July 6th. we got to find things to talk about. <laughs> Number four, the most yep. impactful players for this upcoming season. Number four, where did you go? All right, number five, I was at Jacob Grandison. Number four, most impactful player heading into this season for Duke men's basketball, I have Derek Lively. Uh, Derek Lively is coming in as a highly touted recruit. He's over seven feet tall. He's got a massive wingspan. Um, you, Duke fans, you may remember this guy, Mark Williams. Uh, he He's in a similar build. Uh, to Mark Williams, he's already look. He's a clutch sports. He's he's already we're deal, dealing and working with clutch sports. This guy is NBA ready. He is stopping on his way to the NBA Combine 
uh, here in Durham to be with us and grace us with his presence, and I'm glad he is. Um, the reason I have him ranked fourth and not higher is because I believe that Duke is going to ask Derek Lively to play defense, to block shots, to rebound the basketball. Not that he's not going to get his moments on offense, which, by the way, he has a more polished offensive game than Mark Williams um, had. I believe Derek Lively can shoot a three. Derek Lively can handle the ball very well. I just don't know that the expectation as far as the actual numbers and on the court, I'm not sure that we're going to ask Derek Lively to be the guy with the ball in his hand when the shot clock's going down to, to you know, we're down by one with under a minute to go and we got to get a bucket. I'm not sure Derek Lively is going to be that guy. I believe he's going to be the guy that gets the rebound when we miss the jumper and puts it back. So that's why I put him at number four, but Derek Lively coming out of the great state of Pennsylvania. Um, many people had him number one overall coming out of this class, but my fourth most impactful player is Derek Lively. I love it. Uh, Derek Lively is going to be a really fun player to watch for all of us. I think he is so athletic to be that large. It just doesn't feel like he's as tall as he is. I mean, it's weird. It doesn't feel like he's as tall as he is. And then also it looks like he's a giant compared to everybody else with just how truly athletic the guy is for his size. I think he's going to have a major impact on the defensive end of the floor, like you're saying. And so for that reason, I've got him slotted a little bit further up for four. My list, again, five for me was Mark Mitchell. I'm going to put Kyle Filipowski at four, uh, a stretch big for the Blue Devils. Really like his outside shot. think he's going to be able to put the ball on the deck a little bit as well. When Duke needs to have him put his back to the basket, I think that part of his game is going to be there too. I mean, these are really talented players. At one point throughout this past season, in college basketball recruiting, one, two, and three, as we talked about a ton, was Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively, Kyle Filipowski. And then the very next week, that entire list was shifted between those three players. We knew the number one player was going to be going to Duke, but the list just kept kind of shifting and that sort of thing. So I've got Filipowski four, and I'm going to put Lively at three because of the impact on the defensive end and most the volume there. I just think I'm going to get more out of Derek Lively that's why I'm putting him at three. The floor is yours. You can give us off number three, Josh. Yeah. Uh, ironically, my number three is Kyle Filipowski. So yep. we just flipped him. That's all. That's all that it was there. We flipped him. Um, and I, I mean, Kyle Filipowski, number one, is coming from the Northeast, which I love. Um, I believe he was. He's actually from Massachusetts, but uh, went to high school in New York City, which yeah. is like. Man, let's bring that back, man. Like, let's let's make New York great again, uh, basketball wise, and and sending out you know high level prospects. But uh, Filipowski, I think it's interesting to note if Duke fans remember when he committed, he was not ranked nearly as highly as he is now, and his uh, video or his social media post when he committed to Duke uh, said something to the effect of, "I cannot wait to spend the next four years." in Durham at Duke University. And then all of a sudden, people start realizing this kid is 6'11", that he shoots the ball, that yeah. he can play multiple positions, and all of a sudden he's in the top three. And so I, I'm just going to go out on a limb on his behalf and say, Duke fans, we probably need to uh, get used to another nine, six to nine-month stop-off before <laughs> the NBA Combine uh, for one Kyle Filipowski. But, let, I mean, I've watched some of his game. Watched him play some USA 
basketball and some of those things. And now please don't take this and run with it. I'm just saying like player comp, like don't, I'm not Kendrick Perkins trying to call Chet Holmgren Giannis. Okay. I'm not trying to do that, but I am saying as far as his build and makeup and skill set, there's a little bit of Christian Leitner. Yeah. A little bit of Christian Leitner in there. Now I'm not saying Filipowski's got that it factor. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying he's 6'11". He can shoot. He can do multiple things with the basketball. Kind of reminds me of, of Mr. Leitner. I love it. I love it. And we're, we're mentioning kind of guests that have been on Locked On Blue Devils earlier here in the show. Uh, another good episode for folks to go back and find wherever you get your podcast. Andy Borman was yeah. on Locked On Blue Devils, the nephew of Coach K. He played on the 2001 team as a walk-on, and was on the soccer team for Duke University, a two-sport athlete, now runs the AAU program that Kyle Filipowski was a part of. Kyle's twin brother, Matt, is also a Division I basketball player. He's about to start his freshman season at Harvard. So there you go. you got two seven-foot twins about to enter the college basketball world, yep. one at Duke and one at Harvard. So uh, there's five, four, and three. We'll take our final timeout and give you our top two most impactful players for Lockdown Blue Devils here on today's show. We're back in just a moment. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given you the coconut brownie chunk puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love is now in the deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. All right, you can stop drooling now and listen. It's low in calories, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Again, covered in 100% chocolate. That's not the only flavor. They've got so many awesome flavors for all the sweet tooths out there, and it's still good for you. Again, very low in calories, low in sugar. It's what you need. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Final segment here today of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Let's give you some praise. I'm mentioning great podcast. Here's another good one. A really awesome episode of the Section 17 podcast is available now. Josh, you guys and your crew had the opportunity to sit down and chat with the Director of Athletics for Duke University, Nina King. Give us a quick tease or a quick plug for that one, man, because that was really fun to listen to. Yeah, JJ, I'm sure you can attest to this. When you bring a guest on your show for the first time, it's your first time having any kind of professional interaction. You know, my interactions with – Nina King have been personal at games or at events and just shaking her hand and speaking to her. You never know what you're going to get. And so when you're creating questions and you're kind of thinking through the flow of how you want the interview to go, uh, you're, you're wondering, or is she going to give you one sentence answers and you're going to have to pry deeper or is she going to talk? And man, let me tell you something. She was incredible. Um, we, we just, I just posed questions and she took the floor and if you've not been able to listen to it, this is th- we are a Duke football podcast. However, she speaks very deeply into men's basketball, 
she uh, speaks about her uh, role in the NCAA Women's Basketball Selection Committee. She speaks very deeply into the NIL era that, that college yeah. athletic now has. She talks not only basketball, but she talks about the legitimate process of the Coach K to John Shire transition, squelches a couple of rumors, honestly, and then she does the same thing for football. And uh, she acknowledges some of the things that Duke fans, I don't know, really understood about the transition from David Cutcliffe to Mike Elko. So I would encourage you. We interview her legitimately for about 45 minutes. We also talk a little bit about the new football scheduling format, 355, which, hey, who even knows what's going to happen with anything yeah. um, in any sort of college sports right now with everybody jumping ship. But for right now, there's the 355 uh, scheduling format taking place next year. So we talk a little bit about that, but go uh, find it, Section 17. Just search for it, Section 17 Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will spend some time for sure talking about uh, all of the uh, kind of conference realignment conversations that are taking place because, uh, man, that is becoming more and more a part of the college sports landscape now and uh, how much football drives the sport with the money that it can produce at a school like Duke. That's not necessarily the case, but what an exciting time it is for Duke athletics when you've got Mike Delco taking over your football era and then we're starting the John Shire era of Duke men's basketball in the same academic year getting mm -hmm. set here. So, all right, let's finish out our top five most impactful players. Josh, do this for me. Give me two and number one. Let me get your top two most impactful players. Got it. Coming in at number two is a freshman who has also found himself in that uh, top three and that <laughs> rotation of, of incoming Duke guys, and that is Dariq Whitehead. And I put Dariq Whitehead at, at number two uh, simply because – I believe he's a two-way player. Um, I believe he does have a clutch gene in him. I believe he likes the challenge of what's going to take place this year at Duke, being John Shire's first year. Um, he's another Northeast product uh, just outside of New York City um, in New Jersey, obviously by way of, of Montverde, so not didn't stay in the area necessarily to play college or high school basketball. Uh, but Derek White is my number two, and then my number one, and I believe all Duke fans would understand this and appreciate this, is returning junior point guard Jeremy Roach. And uh, I have I have eaten crow on this podcast on numerous occasions because up until about the beginning of February, I was a Jeremy Roach critic, um, and I and I I will stand by this rightfully so. There were some things yeah. that were that were worthy of criticism, but man, if that kid did not turn it on. Uh, in February, March, able to finish the year out. Um, and the point guard that we saw in the end of the regular season and then in the postseason, that's the man that is coming back to lead this team. Um, he is the most important player. Um, if Jeremy Roach has a good season, Duke will have a good season. If Jeremy Roach does not have a good season, I'm not saying Duke can't have a good season. It's just going to look very different if Jeremy Roach doesn't. So Jeremy Roach is the most important player returning. He will be a team captain. There's no, there's actually yeah. no other options. Uh, he will be the team captain. Um, John Shire has his guy, his point guard, uh, for his first season. So those are my top two. Derek Whitehead, 6'6", two-way player. Jeremy Roach, end of last season, Jeremy Roach. If end of last season, Jeremy Roach is an All-American. I'll say that. Yeah, no doubt about that. He's truly dynamic, so special, and I'm really thrilled to see uh, what Jeremy Roach is going to be able to do this upcoming season. I'm going to copy that. So very few differences 
uh, in our top fives, really, in the grand scheme of things. Derek Whitehead, number two for me. Jeremy Roach, number one. And you talk about an impact that a player can have in a sport like basketball. It is a little bit easier to be more impactful because there are fewer players out there on the floor, and your point guard is the one getting you into sets calling out directions on the offensive and defensive end of the floor. I think Jeremy Roach is going to pride himself on being the most experienced Duke player in that locker room, and Duke's going to go as Roach goes, and uh, I'm thrilled. I know there was a lot of internet discourse a few weeks ago or or last week maybe even with uh, the field of 68 talking about Jeremy Roach and, and what can move forward there. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm excited to see what this next season is going to be. There you go. We did it. Another top five most impactful list, Josh, as as we get set for a season of Duke men's basketball. That, again, is several months away. It is. It is. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I basically gave you what I believe is going to be my starting five uh, for Duke. And you may have actually – it might end up being Mark Mitchell instead of Jacob Grandison. Who who knows, right, at this point. Um, But I'm looking forward to a good season. Once again, this is John Shire's first season as head coach. Um, that used to mean something like, hey, we're not going to put much pressure on him. The landscape of college athletics now, it's like – and then it doesn't help that eight miles down the road they make it to the national title game in, in, in their coach's first season. Yeah. But there are a little bit of elevated expectations, I would say, on John Shire. But I'm looking forward to it. These guys coming in, um, let's as Duke fans, man, let's get to know them as well as we can and um, and look forward to a great season for sure. Josh, the time is always greatly appreciated. Uh, so awesome to get a chance to chat with you each and every week here on Lockdown Blue Devils. My message to the listeners and viewers out there is to give Josh a follow on Twitter at Joshua Cox so you can see all of those comments about jerseys in the rafters and whether or not they belong there. Uh, and then do be sure to follow at Duke FB Talk on Twitter as well. And make sure you check out the Section 17 podcast. Looking forward to talking Summer League hoops with you next week, Josh. Sounds good, JJ. Looking forward to that for sure. That's Josh Cox. He's joining us here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. And that's going to do it for today's show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.